0: Trump is raided by the FBI. Of course, man, sometimes it's just so obvious what you know I'm going to talk about. You know, I can't get away from it. So let's dive in, guys. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, cause we're gonna laugh, and we're gonna learn. And above all else, we're gonna gain perspective. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and, six one since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So Monday, I come home from having done a business meeting at a winery up near Nashville. So I got home late, and because I had been doing this business meeting and driving and picking up people and dropping off people and such, I had been away from my phone and was, you know, in a little bit of a couple hour stretch where I was not watching news popping through, which happens. And I come home and Tom's like, did you hear that Trump, his personal residence known as Mar-a-Lago, has been raided by the FBI? And I have to tell you, I, I, my, like, I was speechless. And I mean, that doesn't happen. I always have a sarcastic comment to make. I was like, oh my goodness, okay, okay, I see what you're doing there, FBI, DOJ, Biden administration, okay, so my husband asked just now, what are you going to record the podcast on? I was like, of course, the Trump raid, and he's like, that's low-hanging fruit, as if, but uh, yeah, I got to talk about it, you guys, because... (laughs) course, I chatted with my mom this morning. She called. She wanted to know what I thought about it. I just had to take a couple days here to process this massively unprecedented event in our history. Like, I some people may not care. Some people may be glad. Some people might be just outraged. But no matter how you feel about it, this is a unprecedented, historically wild thing to have happened. And it's it's the... Kind of like, you know, a lot of people are saying the crossing of the Rubicon when Julius Caesar crossed whatever the river. Is that what the Rubicon is? I don't, I'm not familiar with this part of history. I think of it as George Washington crossing the Delaware. Like, we're crossing. We're not going back. Or the the raid heard around the world. The shot heard around the world. All of these little pivotal moments in history, right? Julius Caesar, the beginning of the revolution. Um, the winning of the war with George Washington, like these, these pivotal moments in history where it's like, okay, we've now crossed into territory where we can't go back. signing the Declaration of Independence. That's a moment in history where it's like, well, from this point forward, we're, we're committed. We're committed to this line of action. There's no changing course now. There's no going back. And I just had to digest this because although it's not entirely surprising, you know, once you're like... Once I sat on it for a minute, I was like, man, I guess I'm not surprised. Like there's nothing they won't do. There's just no line that won't be crossed. There's no such thing as, as respect or, you know, like common courtesy or executive privilege or any of these other, the constitution, like everything's out the window. We're just like, we're just free balling it. Like that's the worst word, but that's what we're doing here. We're free balling it. So I'm going to, I got to talk about, it. I want to break it down. I want to explain it. I want to th- talk about my thoughts on it, but just to get to the nuts and bolts, because I realize that, you know, like I was chatting with a girlfriend yesterday and she's like, what's Mar-a-Lago? So Mar-a-Lago is a, is Trump's home. Granted, it's like a 125 room home. It's a huge like resort mansion-y place, but that is where he lives. That is his residence. He was not home at the time, but it's in Florida. Um, I think it's, I'm not actually sure, Palm, Palm Beach, Florida. Is that a place? I think that's where it is. Um, all that to say, it is, it's, it's insane on so many levels. One, that he is a former president. And that's just like, a, you just don't do that. You just don't do that. And this is actually part of the argument as to why Hillary Clinton was not raided by the FBI and we'll get there in a second because she wasn't a former president, but her husband was, of course. She was a presidential candidate um, and she had, you know, formally served in the as secretary of state. Like she was a it was just a line like it was a line that it was like we knew at the time. Of course, I still think that she actually was guilty of crimes and we'll talk about that. Um, Trump is not currently guilty of anything. Actually, the reason why they raided, this is the given reason, the warrant was because he is being accused of having taken some National Archive paperwork that he shouldn't have taken. Now, of course, a lot of people are arguing he absolutely has the right to take any documents from the White House when he is president that he wants to take. He can declassify whatever he wants as president. He has executive privilege. And he also has a top security clearance for life as president. You're not taken off top security once you're out of office. You're actually given that clearance for life. You have staff. There's an office, the office of the former president. Like, it, you know, Trump kind of made that really popular and famous, but it's actually a thing. And you do have staff members and you have secret service members as your security team forever, for the rest of your life. like You're still held in this esteemed honor position, which that has just been poo-pooed on. Now, remember, uh, I believe it was impeachment number two, impeachment attempt number two on Trump, because he was not impeached. Everybody needs to understand that. There was two impeachment trials during his four years in presidency, and uh, neither... Uh, went through the Senate as a conviction. So he was accused of two things and was found to be not guilty of those two things, if you wanna think of it in in that context. But the second round had something to do with Joe Biden and a phone conversation that Trump was having with a foreign leader where he suggested that perhaps Biden should be investigated for crimes that he did commit, things that he did say, conflicts of interest that he did have, okay? All that. That's all he said. Trump said to a foreign leader, he should be investigated. Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden was the former vice president at the time, and he was also a presidential candidate at the time. So that was looked on as like, how dare you? How dare you, Trump, accuse Joe Biden, the former president, and your own political opposition of such things, right? Never mind that he was guilty of doing those things. Never mind. That never was part of the conversation. Every time I heard that question asked, which was infrequently, well, let's did Joe Biden say that? Did Joe Biden do that? Was Joe Biden guilty of those things? That's not the point. That's not the point. You cannot interfere in an election by accusing your political opposition of a crime. Now, that was just back in what 2017 no, 2018, 2019. Right before, I think it was coming into 2020 even, that he was exonerated in the Senate. So not that long ago, the tables were exactly turned and Trump was being labeled and called a fascist for doing exactly what is happening now. Except for this line is way crossed. Trump was having a conversation on the phone. This is a FBI raid. This is a weaponization of what is meant to be a neutral investigative branch of our government, an unelected branch of our government, right, is being weaponized against a presidential candidate, a former president. It is absolutely the only time you see this happening. The only places this has ever happened historically is in Essentially, countries that are either on the verge of a coup and a dictatorial takeover or on the other side of that takeover, where it's already been taken over. This is a classic thing. This is like Nazism. Hitler went after the communists, which was the party that he took over for. Like, he, he took power from the communists in Germany, And then immediately turned around and absolutely weaponized the government against his, you know, political um, opposition (laughs) is the word. So let's back up here. There's a lot of moving pieces to this, but I was just so, I just couldn't believe that we're going to, we're willing to do this, that we're willing to do this. And honestly, I didn't feel afraid. You know, a lot of people reacted with. Oh my gosh! If they can come for Trump, they can come for anyone. I'm like, what are you talking about? They've been coming for Trump since the day he came down the escalator and announced he was running for president. If anything, I have always been someone who wavers on Trump in in terms of like, is he is he one of them, and he's just playing us, or is he truly a patriot? I, I'm I'm never sure because my mind just works like that. Because I'm always just wildly skeptical, and I'm always just like things are never as they seem right as you know and so I oscillate with that and I'm just like I don't know if he is just totally play like when he ran for president the first time I did not vote for him because I'm like him and Hillary have been buddies like I've seen a bedillion pictures with him and Hillary this is such a joke like they're totally on the same the same page the same side of course you know throughout his presidency and the way that the Clintons reacted to his presidency, the way that the entire left reacted to his presidency, the multiple impeachment attempts, the insurrection narrative, like it's just from day, from the get, he has been the target of a massive witch hunt, which only lends to his credibility. And this to me is the final nail in the coffin in terms of whether or not I'm thinking he's he's on their side and he's playing us, the patriots, or he is actually a patriot, I'm fully 100% in on he's a he's a freaking patriot. The fact that his home was raided by the FBI, I'm like, oh yeah, no. He's for sure stands in direct opposition to every single thing, the deep state, the permanent bureaucracy, the unelected people there, the people that are really running the show. We all know Biden's not in charge. We all know Biden's not making a dang decision. We all know Biden probably has no idea this has even happened. If he's even, I mean, maybe he's still testing positive for COVID. It's unclear. It's unclear. I heard he emerged to go to the beach, but haven't heard his statement on the raid of former president Trump. His, his opposition, right? His Political opponent for the next election was just rated like you can look at it that way, because that's the way we were looking at when Trump had a conversation about Joe Biden on the phone. It was viewed as how dare you try to interfere with an election. So. Oh, my gosh, I just couldn't. I just couldn't believe it. But I wasn't afraid because this is an ongoing situation. They've been after him. So they've been after us. They've been after the, the moms at the school board meetings. We're domestic terrorists. You know, they've been after the January 6th. Like, they've been after us. Like, that's that fear has worn off. This is not a fear move. To me, this is like, oh my gosh. This is going to backfire so badly. And to me, it shows that there is a political party in in power right now, and actually there's a George Orwell quote from 1984 that I don't have in front of me and I'm going to butcher it, but essentially tyrannical leaders lead by fraud and by force and when the fraud is exposed all they have left is force, something along those lines, and man if that's not the truth if that's not where we are I see a an afraid political opposition to Trump I see an administration that is grasping at straws, that knows they're just about to be smashed in the midterms politically they're about to lose control of of everything and with hunter biden and all that's going on in the in the wings over there i'm suspicious that they want to remove biden i think i've said that before so we're looking at like just a floundering political administration a political party and administration that is grasping at straws and i i think they thought that this is going to discredit him I know they want to disqualify him from being eligible to run in 2024 because they know they cannot beat this man. They were unsuccessful in beating him in the 2020 election by large numbers, right? It was just... Nobody believes for one second that Joe Biden, who has a less than 30 percent approval rating 18 months into his presidency, is the most popular president ever elected. No one believes that. That's obviously untrue. 81 million votes. Yeah, right. Not even real anymore. Like that narrative is just so popped. Trump had the most votes of any incumbent president. Right. In a second election. They couldn't beat him in the polls. They cannot beat him in an election. They had to make it fraudulent. But it's it's so bad now. It's so bad now. They at least had the momentum in 2020 of the anti-Trump movement. But even things like kicking him off Twitter, that was what actually made people so angry at him. That's what actually motivated the opposition against Trump was to read his annoying bullying treat, uh, tweets and to get to the voting box and vote against him. They took Twitter away from the, uh, from him, thinking that they were striking him down. But really, they struck themselves down because now the, the opposition base is a little empathetic. Like, they're just not empathetic, apathetic. They're a little bit not showing up. Like, they don't care. They don't care. They've moved on. Biden is such an embarrassment. So they're disassociating from politics in general. This is not, this is a general statement. This is, you know, not like everybody but this is what I'm recognizing on the other side. Nobody wants to engage. People were so engaged in debate about Trump or Biden or Hillary or whatever over the last four years. Nobody wants to talk about that because there's a, it's just a wildly embarrassing administration at current. And Trump is gaining more and more momentum, more and more followers. So the only way they can beat him is to disqualify him, to take him out of eligibility. Not that it will actually matter. It will probably, again, that will also backfire on them if they are successful, because there are better candidates that can step into that role that are younger and have more fight. Let's be honest, DeSantis. Christy Nome out of South Dakota, like Abbott in Texas, like not my favorite, but hey, DeSantis would be my pick if I had to pick. Um, There are other candidates that are very popular and would totally step into that role if Trump were disqualified. However, they think if they can cut off the head, then the body is just going to wither away. I don't think that's true. I think that the more they poke the bear, the more they're activating a very, very engaged and angry base of Trump supporters. And I don't even mean Trump supporters. I just mean conservatives. I wouldn't even classify myself as a Trump supporter. I'm just somebody who's like over it, just over the way that things have been unfolding and unraveling the ideology that is absolutely nonsensical and deadly. Like I did a podcast called Ideology Kills and I believe it more today than I did when I even recorded that podcast. Ideology is actually deadly. It's causing people to die with the vaccine, with transgenderism, right? Like we are seeing mental health decline. We're seeing people actually freeze to death and starve to death in our own country under energy crises. Poverty is going through the roof. We're seeing it's just, you know, you know, you're there. You get it. Okay. So let's back back up. Okay. The warrant The premise behind the raid on Trump's private residence is that he took some papers that he shouldn't have taken. Now, we all know when a president, or I hope we know, when a president leaves the White House, he doesn't pack his own bags. Trump hasn't packed a bag for himself in a billion years. The staff is packing bags. So yes, it could be possibly hypothetical that some paperwork that shouldn't have left the White House left the White House. Here we are 18 months later, almost two years later, And a warrant can only be exercised if there is a thought that the person is not going to comply. If you were to ask him for the paperwork back, he wouldn't comply. Or if he were going to um, eliminate the evidence that there was a crime. Now, we're not even talking about, this is not like a, this is not even a large crime we're talking about. This is how much we're grasping at straws. And this is the given reason. Now, I'm suspicious that the reason they wanted to raid his personal residence is not to collect evidence, but to place evidence. We'll just see how that goes, right? And now we'll always have doubt. If they do find evidence of a radical crime, you know, two months from now, we'll always wonder, gosh, I wonder if that was placed. I wonder if that evidence was put in his house when they refused to allow for any family members or any lawyers to be president, present at the time of that raid. Gosh, I wish we would have done this clean cut so that we would have no doubt of the future crimes of which he will be accused of, I'm sure, right? But unfortunately now we have we have shade. It's shady. We have gray space. We have like no clarity. We have all this garbage. So a very minor crime to which there's no reason to suspect Trump would not give back the documents if he meant if he took them on accident. There's no reason to suspect that he would, you know, ruin the evidence or burn the evidence or get rid of the evidence now. I do remember a person who had some emails that were subpoenaed when she was in office. Hmm, where do I remember hearing about someone who actually did destroy evidence that was actively subpoenaed from her based on her position in the government at the current moment? Um, That was Hillary. That was Hillary Clinton. And um, Hillary Clinton... Deleted 33,000 emails after they had been subpoenaed. There was 110 messages containing classified information, including seven email chains concerning matters that were classified at the top secret special access program level, the highest level of classification. I don't recall when she was subpoenaed and then did in fact destroy the evidence, her being raided before, after, or during this investigation. (laughs) I don't recall that her private residence was ever raided. Now that would be actual probable cause to exercise a warrant, but we don't have that with Trump, so we have a warrant That was signed and a raid was executed with no real true premise for that needing to even happen, okay? Then we go back to, do you remember a warrant, a FISA warrant that was um, signed and authorized to investigate Trump with a impeachment attempt number one that ended up being absolutely falsified evidence that allowed for that FISA warrant to be signed? A lot of people don't even know what the impeachment trials were about in the Trump administration. But yes, the first impeachment attempt was based on what's called a Steele dossier. A dossier is just a file of evidence. That file of evidence was completely manufactured and falsified. This is currently under investigation right now today. This who was involved in falsifying that evidence. That false evidence allowed for a FISA warrant which was signed off on, and there was the warrant allowed for you know a further and more personal investigation. But that warrant was based off of false information that was completely proven to be falsified. So essentially, the crime that Trump was originally committed or accused of doing was, in the end, entirely made up. People do not know this. This is the first impeachment attempt I'm talking about. So why wouldn't we suspect they'd do the same trick again? Because nobody remembers, nobody even knows that that information that he originally was accused of was all false. It was made up and people are currently being tried for those crimes right now today, that's happening, for making up evidence against the president, right? Why would we think that that wouldn't happen again? That this warrant was based on evidence that was that is made up, that is made... Make believe evidence to get the warrant, not to mention the fact that the judge who signed the warrant, who is a local magistrate in um, in Florida, who apparently maybe doesn't even have the authority to sign off on such an extreme situation, right? We're raiding the personal rev- residence of a former president. That's kind of a, an alarmingly large deal, and again. I'm gonna link the newsletter for coffee and COVID because he is only sometimes talks about COVID now. There's so many things to talk about. Um, he goes into because uh, the author of Coffee and COVID, his name's Jeff Child Childers. He is a an attorney in Florida, so he's familiar with this process, and he kind of explains that there is no this this judge that signed off on this warrant to raid. President Trump's private residence should have not he should have not signed off. He was not essentially he did not have the authority to sign off on that on that warrant. He should have passed it up to a higher ranking judge for one. For two, he is absolutely linked to Jeffrey Epstein and some of his uh, pedophile buddies that have been accused over the years. This judge has actually changed sides from the victim to the pedophile side in the midst of an investigation, which is actually not allowed, and he was sued for doing that. It's all explained in the show notes. Pull up that newsletter and read it. It was really fascinating to read all this this morning. But this judge is absolutely a dirty, dirty, rotten, bad guy. He's an Obama voter or an Obama donator. He also has um, publicly gone on his social media and said negative things against Trump. So he's obviously not a neutral and unbiased authority in the judicial system. My goodness gracious. So this judge is compromised that signs the warrant to go raid Trump's residence. I mean, it smells so bad. It's just so shady. It's so awkward that this is the lengths to which we have to go now because we know we cannot win against Trump. My gosh. And and then we laugh and we say things like, you know, Trump is a threat on democracy. No, the actual, like, the democracy is gone, folks. We are in a banana republic. This is make-believe government. This is absolutely monopoly. This is play. Monopoly is great. A great example because we're printing money. We're printing fake money. Just more monopoly money. Going out into the world, and we'll talk about that in a second. The implications of this, like this, is fascism. This is a dictatorial takeover. If you are eliminating your political opposition through intimidation through the Department of Justice when you are in office, like I cannot think of a of a of a worse thing. This is exactly what Trump was accused of for four years, and actually never did, never did. The entirety of his presidency, Hillary Clinton, and, and everybody else that f- loves Hillary, is he's illegitimate. He's illegitimate. And yet, like, when the Biden administration is called illegitimate, you're an insurrectionist, right? Like, you're an insurrectionist if, you're, if you believe the election was rigged or it didn't. But we heard Hillary say this for all four of President Trump's years. They attempted two insurrections. They stole an election. <laughs> Do you hear that? They attempted two insurrections. I meant impeachments. Or did I? Did I mean that? This is actually what fascism is. You guys, were watching it take place in front of our eyes. And this is a brilliant strategy. Like the art of war is to accuse the other side of exactly what you're doing. This is how you know. Like if you know that, you just look. What are they saying we're doing? That's what they're actually doing. But if you accuse the other side of it, and if you're louder than people just believe that Trump is a fascist, that Trump is on the verge of not leaving the White House, Trump is on the verge of not giving up his power, blah, blah, blah. We never saw any of that actually play out in real life. And here we are seeing the weaponization and the intimidation of the actual state being weaponized against political opponents, against political opposition, all the way down to individual humans that are sitting in prison for 18 months while they're waiting for their trial. They're being tr- they're being given seven years of prison time for misdemeanor offenses, not even charged with insurrection. These January 6th defendants, it's it's still ongoing. It's still egregious. People are still not talking about it. People still don't realize what's happening. So, yeah, Hillary has not been raided. Jeffrey Epstein never got a FBI raid of his personal residence while he was just away on a trip. We haven't seen, you know, any of the people. And it's just so strange to me also because you know, the whole Q movement and like this, all these conspiracies that Trump is here to drain the swamp. I don't think it's conspiracy. He is here to drain the swamp, but people point and say, oh, it's a conspiracy that any of these top, you know, top people are involved in a pedophile ring. That is just ridiculous and crazy. And you're a, a lunatic conspiracy theorist if you say that. And yet the judge who signs off on the raid of Trump's personal residence is a Epstein friend and a pedophile defender. That's just really strange. It's just really coincidental. It just really makes me feel like maybe some of that is more true than we even realize that maybe he's making really big, intense enemies. So what is happening next now that we've crossed the Rubicon, that we've crossed the Delaware, that we've crossed the line of no return, that the shot has been heard around the world, that's what we have to wait and see. I don't think. I think that we are way past the time <laughs> of, of large scale action. My mom asked me this morning, is it, is it time to protest? Should we like get groups together and start to protest? I'm like, mom, I've been doing that for two years. Yeah. But I'm like, the fact that my, you know, 70-year-old mother is like, is it time to get in the streets? I'm like, you know this is backfiring. When the 70-year-olds are like, it's time to get in the streets and start to protest against the regime. Like, you're, it didn't work the way that you thought. Nobody feels like, oh, Trump must be a criminal. Nobody is saying Trump must be a criminal. People are absolutely outraged, and it is backfiring. Now, here's what I am um, worrisome of, if we are willing to use the FBI against our political opponents at this point, I am worried that they will go to no uh, ends, that there, there's no line that they won't cross, and I am, I would invite anyone who wants to pray over President Trump that he is not the victim of an assassination attempt, because why wouldn't they do that if they can't stop him this way, they can't stop him by impeaching him they I mean the 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 provision and providence and protection that has been around this man is really remarkable to see and I I know people personally who have gone into the White House and prayed over that president while he sat in that White House and just I I don't know the state I am I suspect that Trump is a Christian I can't I can't say for sure that he is absolutely sold out to the Lord and secure in heaven and all that. I don't know. I've never spoken to him. He says he's a Christian. Okay, great. Lots of people do, right? But the, the way that I have seen God move in and around this man is really remarkable. I mean, love him or hate him, God uses whoever he wants. That does not mean that Trump is a, a, for sure a Christian because God can use whoever the heck he wants to have his will play out. But there is just no question, again and again, we see the providence and protection and provision of God in relation to Trump. And and how he is not removed, how he is not taken out, how he is not um, impeached, how he is not charged, how he is not found of, of a single crime. They can't even find anything to accuse him of. We're talking about paperwork? We're raiding his home with 100 FBI agents over Paperwork? Paperwork? Seriously? Obviously, they can't win with free speech. They have to win with force. They have to eliminate the opposition. They can't win because their ideas are better, because their policies are better. They have to win by taking out the favorite, by taking out the opposition. It's just crazy. So I am nervous that there would be something even more dire. That will be targeted at President Trump. So I'm going to pray over that. And I invite you to pray over that. Because goodness gracious. But at the end of the day. And I'll end with this you guys. I really do feel like this still remains a distraction. From the actual crisis. That we're about to see in this country. And I said this to my mom. Yes we are on the verge of a midterm. And this is another little anecdotal. um, Piece of evidence for you. This is the first primary. Primary. I have ever participated in, period, full stop. It is the first midterm election I have ever participated in. So not only am I now voting in a midterm, which I've never done before, in November I will, but I also even voted in the primary of a midterm. You guys, I know who is winning primary elections across this country for the first time in my entire life. So if I am being activated in that way, in that little, you know, miniature anecdotal way, I know I'm not the only one. I know that there are people getting out. There was a huge line at my voting place for the primary leading up to a midterm, right? We are seeing a lot of focus on this midterm election. And I actually think by the grace of God, a lot of people who would otherwise run into the streets and be violent are actually like, you know what? I'm so angry, but I'm going to sit back and I'm going to wait to participate in the system. I'm going to cast my vote. And the, you know, my hope is that the conservatives are going to take over the House and maybe even the Senate. And although we won't have the presidency, we'll be able to do some investigations of this FBI. We'll investigate Fauci. We'll investigate the um, DOJ. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I will vote. I encourage you to vote. We have to overwhelm the system. It's the bare minimum, the absolute bare bones minimum that we have to do to try to save the future for our children in this country is vote. Goodness gracious. This is the easiest way, guys, that you can participate in being a difference maker. So please, please plan to vote in the midterms. Don't mishear me but I still feel like we're putting a whole lot of emphasis on once we take back the house, we're going to do an investigation and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, we do need to do that, that's for sure. But tell me this, who is going to give two pieces of poop about an investigation into Fauci when they cannot afford to buy bread, when they cannot afford gas to go in their car, when they're being laid off from their job because there's no money, because inflation is at 20, 30, 50 percent. Who is going to care about the investigation? Who's going to care about who's running for you know, the Senate of Georgia? Like, who is going to care? It's not going to matter. The justice will not be as sweet when we're all starving to death because the inflation is through the roof. So I still believe that this is a distraction from what is actually happening in this country, which is a collapse of our economy, but more importantly, a collapse of our dollar, a collapse of our currency. While we're talking about, as we should, raiding President Trump's home (laughs) while we're talking about that, while we're getting all our panties in a wad about Carrie Lake and whether or not she's going to be the, you know, candidate in Arizona, which are all important things to be talking about. I have been talking about them. While that's happening, we're passing an anti-inflation bill. I I forget what it's called, an anti-inflation bill for billions of dollars where we're now printing money. A eighth grade economic student in junior high school can tell you that printing money to fight inflation is like the most hilarious thing they've ever heard. You fail. You get an F in eighth grade economics for that suggestion, just in case you're wondering. So that just happened this week. We're also sending another $1 billion to Ukraine in the war that we don't, we're don't. we not even trying to win, let alone the moves that China's making against or around or you know, in show, in theater around Taiwan. Who knows what even is happening with that? But we are looking at a much more dire and serious situation in our economy, guys, in our dollar, in the legitimacy of our dollar. And we're moving into the fall and winter. The fall is my very, very favorite time on earth, right? I love the fall, but I am, like, getting a little nervous as we're moving into, like, cold weather. It just feels like there's a little bit of a shift. And now we're seeing this FBI raid and I'm like, this is a huge distraction. It's important. We need to talk about it. We need to understand it because I hope that this is the biggest thing that we're talking about six months from now. I hope that we're talking about investigations into the FBI six months from now. And we're not talking about, you know, who can get flour, (laughs) who can get meat, Is there any gas station that has gas? Like, I hope that's not where we're at six months from now, a year from now. I hope we're able to still be talking about these sorts of things that totally matter. But in the grand scheme, they're not life and death. They are, but they're not the way that food shortages, inflation not able to, I mean, that to me is still the absolute looming and eminent crisis. So don't miss that and don't relax. Please, please continue to pray. Continue to ask God, how can I be prepared in this season? What are the moves you would have me make to prepare myself and my family for that as we move into the winter where we cannot grow our garden as readily, where we're not able to get as such easy access where we're not so much worried about surviving the freezing cold temperatures right like summer is the is the chill time right we're able to provide a lot more for ourselves winter is when it gets scary so keep your eyes on the prize y'all I hope that that helped give you some clarity and really emphasize just the absolute crazy and ridiculousness of what is freaking happening in our country thanks guys Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Father God, now more than ever, we lean on you. We look to you for our direction, for our marching orders, for our confidence. We put our trust in you, Lord. We know that you are in control. You've got our back. You are working all things together for our good. We do not need to be afraid, Lord. We just are, are, give us ears to hear and eyes to see what it is that you are doing and what it is that you would have us be paying attention to, that you would have us put our finger on that pulse so that we are prepared in the ways that you would have us be prepared for what is coming, Lord. In your son's name we pray. Amen.